so in recent decades, maybe the last 20 years in or, in or around, I think there's been a bit of a, well, there have been multiple changes in how society sees fatherhood. Uh, I was just watching a, a, a video yesterday. I, I mean, I've been, when I was in seminary, I missed a lot between like the year 2000 and when I was ordained in 2009. A lot happened there that I wasn't aware of. Um, yeah, so when I quote movie stars or musicians, they're always from the 90s because I just kind of missed it, just missed, missed, missed a big, big section of life there. But there are all sorts of things happening as well out, in the, out there in the, the advertising world that I guess I haven't been aware of. We don't watch a whole pile of TV here, so a lot of things go uh, <clears throat> over my head. But apparently, not so long ago, uh, Gillette, the, the razor makers, uh, they was, I remember their ads from the 90s. They were always very... Um, you know, you have this razor kind of slides in across the water and then a man just kind of turns and looks with that kind of sultry look in his eyes and kind of maybe catches his chin, showing that it's absolutely like, like that of a baby, right? All hairless. And then a lady runs through the train station and jumps into his arms or another man with equally well-groomed hair and so on and so forth. And then you have maybe a, some guy driving a pole or something, you know what I mean? And then kind of you see him then... The, she, as all very masculine. It works. Why? Because, well, generally speaking, it's lads who shave every day. <clears throat> so, so, grand. But in the whole woke thing that's going on at the moment, masculinity is considered a bad thing. So the second last iteration of Gillette ads... Uh, did you, have you seen these? Is it, was it only me? Uh, okay. I, I, just, I just saw this yesterday. Uh, they... They, they, basically, so a man comes up and the, the commentary running in the background is men are guilty of so much hurt and then it shows bullying and it shows domestic violence and it shows some, some boy running through the, the playground terrified as he's followed by another bunch of lads and it's, it's anti-man like it's, it's, it's horrific it's, 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 a really, it's, it's an awful I, I, when you're watching this as a man the point isn't by our razors the point is as a man you're bad because you're a man so I didn't, I didn't do anything. I didn't bully anyone. What was where? It's, just, it, it's awful. <clears throat> it's really... <clears throat> so anyway, thankfully, that advertising co campaign completely bombed and cost them $9 billion because uh, lads said, well, if that's <clears throat> what you think of men, I'll buy other razors, which we did. Um, so the point is, <clears throat> today there's a real misunderstanding kind of... Of, of what it means to be a man. Uh, there is a point in this uh, tied into our, our gospel. I'll get there eventually. Uh, <clears throat> thankfully, in other circumstances or in other uh, places, in, in a lot of families, I've seen a lot of younger men, maybe my age, who, when they became fathers, were very ready, willing, and able to change nappies and get up and do the night feeds and all that kind of thing. My grandparents, that would have been unthinkable for a grandfather. So my granddad died the year I was born in 79. But I think that, that, that era, that generation, I think it would have been very difficult to imagine uh, a father changing a nappy or a diaper or uh, feeding, feeding a child with a bottle. Um, it just wasn't really done. Okay, so... The, Basically, the understanding of masculinity has changed a lot. In some aspects, for the better, you know, when you see men kind of helping around the house and you know, pulling their weight and not being a burden, great. Uh, but there's also this exaggerated, woke, anti-man anti uh, kind of uh, mentality out there. 
Why is this important today? Philip said, Lord, let us see the Father, and we shall be satisfied. And Jesus responds, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and you do not know me. To have seen me is to have seen the Father. So Jesus is a man. Uh, as, as In his human nature, he took on a human nature, that of a man. That's not to say God is a man. That's not to, I have time to go into the whole thing. Uh, but God the Father reveals himself as Father. God the Father doesn't have a body, so God the Father goes beyond gender. Okay, but he reveals himself as Father. Jesus reveals the first person of the Trinity as Father. Not, again, it's, this isn't in a, in a kind of a macho understanding of God or anything, but he has the qualities of the best of fathers. That's what it's about. It's about giving us a, a way of understanding how God is. Because if you say God is a pure spirit, how on earth do I relate to a pure, pure spirit? What, what's a, like, what do you, where do you look when you're talking to a pure spirit? What do you, uh, how can a pure spirit love? Can I love a pure spirit back? What does it look? Does, does this pure spirit smile when I love him? Or, uh, does, I, it's, does, it's very, un, I don't know, very hard for us to imagine, very hard for us to have a relationship with something like that. Like even some of the more modern understandings of God, like um, God is energy. How on earth do you have a relationship with energy? Well, the point is you don't, actually. That's an impersonal God. There's no relationship. Just this energy source creates things and does things, but you never have a relationship with it. So what Jesus reveals is very, very different. Jesus, second verse of the Holy Trinity, takes on a human nature as a man, reveals God as Father. Okay, and this is a good thing, because now we can we have a way of, of relating to and understanding to and uh, understanding and communicating with God that isn't abstract anymore, nor is it fearful, nor is it based on like you know God is a you know a mighty warrior or a king or a lion. Okay, all true, all scriptural, um, but they can be kind of fearful images almost, because Jesus doesn't just reveal him as father, but he reveals him as dad, Abba. When he uses this word, like it's, it's, a, it's the word a child would use to, uh, to talk to their father. Father Mike Schmidt said when he, when he was over in the Holy Land, he was in a shop there, and um, a little Jewish child was there in, in, in the shop and kind of running around, making a bit of a mess, and then pulls something off the shelf, and it falls on the ground. And then the child just turns around and goes, Abba! And then it's really hit Father Mike. That's what kids actually call their dads. So dad or papa or daddy maybe uh, whatever word we, we'd use here in Ireland that's, that's what Jesus called his father so it's, it's really really personal it's childlike it's almost almost embarrassing like if any of us here or in the liturgy almighty and heavenly daddy you know if we were to say that it just sounds strange right but that's you know, generally we say Almighty and Merciful God or Heavenly Father. We don't say Daddy. <laughs> and maybe we should. Not, not, not that I'm suggesting we change the liturgy, but the point is, like, this is how tender uh, this term is, is for God. So Jesus reveals God as Father. And to have seen him is to have seen the Father. So the way Jesus behaves, the, the, the mercy that Jesus shows, the love, the compassion... Uh, that Jesus shows, this, these are the characteristics also of the Father. To have seen me is to have seen the Father. So it's not like the, 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 Jesus is the, the merciful one, don't tell Dad, but I, I'll let you off. You know, the Father knows. The Father and himself have the same heart. Uh, 
They have the same divine nature, the same love, the same compassion. To have seen me is to have seen the Father. Jesus on the cross, he frames his, his words, his final words, speaking to the Father. The first words that he says on the cross is, Father, forgive them, but they do not know what they do. So on the cross, dying in his last moments, he's thinking of who? Like, I mean, in this immense pain, uh, just like physical pain that we can't even imagine, but also like mental anguish that those around him still mock him, that after going through all of this, there are still some who will reject him. So that, that just mental torture and that spiritual absolute desolation of feeling distanced from the Father, not feeling the Father's presence anymore. And in all in this, this heaviness and darkness, what does he do? He thinks of the Father and he thinks of you. Father, forgive them. He's not just talking about the, the, the soldiers there at the time, but Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. That's us. That's you and I committing sins today. And Jesus pleads, Father, forgive them. Forgive your children. But they don't know what they're doing. They're looking for joy. They're looking for happiness. They're looking for it in all the wrong places and in all the wrong ways. But forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And then in the end, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus, in these, in these critical moments on the cross he thinks of the father and he thinks of you and his goal is to draw us back to the heart of the father his goal is to reveal to us the father this is what everything he did is about it's the purpose of all that we see and read in the church and it, the, the positive faith the sacraments the, <coughs> the purpose of everything is to get us back in union with the Father. Hence, fatherhood and masculinity in general is under vicious attack in our world. So that even saying you're a man or you enjoy being a man is somehow offensive to others. This isn't just a fad or, 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 or a fashion. This is actually something that, that comes from evil itself, from the devil, who does not like fatherhood he hates it anything anything that would remind us of the goodness of God the Father he hates so we ask the Lord today to rise up holy men holy fathers holy priests especially in this month of May now we ask that our blessed Eddie would intercede and pray for all of those Lord that you're calling into priesthood and religious life that we might have the heart of your son and live according to, to, to his will. That you will rise up also with the aid of St. Joseph, holy fathers who will protect and provide for their families, who will love their children tenderly and faithfully. And we pray that all of us men might be a reflection of the Father's love for the world. Amen. <laughs>